what's going on military cash flow how you guys doing um what, what's going on with you today mike not much man um just taking it down by the hey man so the 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 hotel company we've we've found a private investor essentially who's willing to give us a business development loan at three percent interest right and so uh, if, if for anybody who's listening that's how banks make their money right they borrow money at basically nothing and then they lease it out to you right or let you borrow it at five percent or whatever and they create the spread so um as you're aware i mentioned it before some of our targeted um irrs are somewhere around 20 percent, 25 percent. so if we can leverage money at three percent and it's not like a little bit of money it's not like a hundred thousand dollars it's like a lot of money right and so i'm i'm waiting for it to actually come to fruition before I get too excited. But if this does happen, we'll be able to really scale and just to collect that, that, that yield there. So that is pretty much where all my eggs are at right now. But uh, besides that, man, staying focused on that and just living life, man. How's everything with you? Everything's good, man. You know, like, I feel like I'm doing hotels myself, dude. Like I, yeah. I, I, I brag about you guys all the time. I brag about like uh, <laughs> you and the team, like, yo, man, you listen to my business partner, dude. He's doing hotels and shit now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just think it's really, really cool. So, um, but, th but that's good stuff to hear, man. Um, what's going on with me? We finally, um, well, we, we passed our, our real estate exam, my wife and I, a little while ago. Yeah. And uh, right now we're just going through the process of, um, getting everything together. We are joining with EXP. Um, so getting everything together as far as um, our real tour status and all these things and with the pandemic, uh, with the pandemic still kind of going on, people are still working from home. So it slowed down the process a lot. So really, we're just we're just waiting to get finalized with everything. Um, so that that's the that's the main thing we're on right now. Um, other than that, we're just, uh, you know, got little small wins here and there, you know, we're, we're finally paying off the last little bit of our debt. So, um, on April 1st, so really excited about that. We've been trying to, uh, we've shifted a little bit to my wife and I, our mindset was on, um, on just acquisition, acquisition, acquisition. And now we're just trying to invest from a very, very strong financial position, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we're, we're making sure all of our debts are paid off now and then uh, building a, a large reserve. And then we're going to start investing. We're going to start really going hard after that. So that one thing that this pandemic has shown us is that like, you know, if you have if you're if you're over leveraged and i don't think i was over leveraged i still i had like anywhere between 20 and 30 percent on um each one of my assets right like in in, in equity right mm -hmm. so i never thought i was over over leveraged but one thing i was somewhat over leveraged on was the cash flow so um you know that i had to deal with a couple of evictions a couple of people that weren't you know paying ah. paying um paying rent and when, when i have eight units right so if two or three people or four people are not paying rent now I have to start coming out of pocket um, or it starts eating away at that reserve that I did have. And that this has been going on for almost a year. So luckily I did have those reserves, but now it's time to replenish that, replenish those reserve. And again, now we're, we're going hard on um, uh, trying to, trying to invest from a very, very strong financial position versus um, versus, you know, um, only relying on our reserves for those assets. So yeah, um, that was kind of a long-winded, long-winded way, but that's that's pretty much what's up with us. Um, about to go to a soccer, a uh, little soccer um, practice. My kids started soccer, so pretty uh, nice. excited about that. Seeing them do the little Pele out there, so that's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, 
but that's what's up with me, man. Um, today's guest, though, or uh, Hutch, the Marine Investor with H Squared Capital. Hey, this is a great episode, man. This is like, if we talk about, you know, um, investment church, man, like that, that's what it felt like. Felt yeah. like you kind of take us, took us to church. You like really uh, very, very inspirational um, uh, things that he was saying. Uh, a lot of things that can, that should resonate with anybody that's listening. So um, we talked a lot about, about, you know, building your financial, your, your financial future and being intentional and, and not waiting until the last minute to, you know, start figuring out what you're going to do. So mm-hmm. what, what you got, Mike? Yeah. I mean, he, he covered a lot, just like you said. And one of the things that we really noticed for the, not really for the first time, but it really came to highlight during this episode was how closely knit all of the military investors are, which is insane to think that we literally met in 2019. Look at the growth that both of us have individually seen together. We've seen it is insane when when you get like-minded servicemen and women together, the things that we can do, right? Um, And another thing that he really highlighted that I think everybody here will appreciate was his investment strategy. And we don't talk about it too much, but how he got started. He actually did a live-in flip with his VA loan to take the profits and put it into syndication. And I don't know why I haven't even, that hasn't even dawned on me yet to think like, damn, just do live in flips and then put it in a passive investment vehicle and be done. So he covers a lot of stuff. And I'm, I'm actually really excited for us to, to, to talk or to, for us to get into this podcast here, because I think everybody here is going to take something away from it. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glasby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, family? Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, We got Hutch the Investor from H Squared Capital. Hutch, thank you Hutch so much Marine. for coming on today. Uh, would you please let us know a little bit about yourself, what you do, um, maybe a little bit about what your company does. Can you give us that information, please? Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, fun fact, right? So my name was supposed to be Sheldon Hutchinson, right? So I was in, I was in the third grade and my principal, this is in Jamaica, my principal came to me and he said, did you know that your name is not Sheldon? I'm like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? You know, I probably didn't say what the hell are you talking about, but no, my name is Sheldon. I know on your birth certificate is Shalon, right? So in Jamaica, we didn't have the money to change that, change that name on my birth certificate. So we just kind of ran, ran with it and got a name Shalon, you know, so love the name Shalon, right? And, um, but in Jamaica, they call it, they call me Shalon, right? Mm-hmm. Then when I came to America, my stepmom, she called me Shalon. I was like, wait a minute, I like that, right? <laughs> so I started introducing myself as Shalon. Joined the Marine Corps, they call me Hutch. I'm like, man, that's very manly, yeah. right? <laughs> so I started going by Hutch. Then after I got married, um, I realized that um, my wife brought it to my attention that I introduced myself to females as Shalon and to dudes as Hutch, like real manly, right? So like, man, I just go with Hutch, you know, so I kind of stuck with Hutch uh, ever since then, you know, so with, with real estate, I think anyone who's listening to the show understand that when people hear your name or hear your story or hear about you, they want, 
there needs to be something that's memorable, right? So, and that's why I, I throw in Hutch the Marine Investor, right? And that's that's my tagline on LinkedIn as well. You know, so a little bit, little, just a little bit, that is a little bit about myself, my active duty Marine. I've been a part of this professional gun club for a little bit over 22 years. And I'm looking to do another 36 months so I can fulfill this E9 obligation, right? And then move on to, to, to fulfill my passion of doing multifamily um, acquisition full-time, right? Oh. So it's super important as, as, as we all know that as you get, get towards the end of your career, right? You've been in the Marine Corps, you've been in the Army, you've been in the Air Force, any branch of service, right? Um, for an extended period of time it becomes a part of you, right? And you develop a certain level of passion, right? That, that it's really hard to shake it sometimes. And we see a lot of folks going to depression. A lot of folks find it hard to fit it into the, into, into the workforce, right? So Athena said to me one day, she was like, Shalon, oh, she called me Shalon, right? <laughs> um, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that when you retire, you're gonna wake up Saturday morning, you're gonna get dressed in your uniform, and you're gonna sit there, right? So it's really, really important that I fulfill the passion that I have for the Marine Corps with something else, you know? So I'm really looking forward to fulfilling my passion full-time as a real estate investor when I retire from the Marine Corps. Man, you hit something right on the head that I think a lot of people don't address, and I think it's extremely important, but it's just the mental health and mental stability for most of our uh, men and women that are, that are serving. A lot of times, like you mentioned, just due to being in proximity of the military for so long, your level of passion and fire and desire around the military starts to grow and it becomes your life. That is truly it. Your friends, your colleagues, your, you know, maybe sometimes your spouses all came from this event. And then when it's gone, there is nothing else in the world quite like the United States military. Right? There's nothing else that really fits that mold quite the same. So I love how you mentioned that you're finding something to not necessarily replace, but to supplement that passion and that fire that you have right. in real estate. So I love that. Now, what got you started in real estate? What, uh, I mean, you've been in the, in the Marines now for so long. What kind of clicked for you to say, uh, let's, let's play with real estate a little bit? No, it's always, it's always been there. Look, a lot of the things that we end up doing in life are based on the tribal knowledge that we receive as children, right? See, mm -hmm. in most culture, they'll tell you that, give me a child from birth to age seven and I'll show you the man or show you the adults, right? So we absorb a lot of those things from our small community. But so for me, when I came to America in 2000, not 2000, in 1998, right? My dad was doing some, some real estate up in New York but his paradigm was, was a single family space, right? And he was listening to those culture and sheets um, cassette that talk about how to drive around and looking for properties that, that might be neglected and then send out a mail out or call those person, whatever the case may be. So he taught me that. And I was intrigued by the possibility of owning more of America or owning some of America, right? So um, he, he copied those tapes, sent me some of those tapes. I started listening to those tapes as well, but with my Marine Corps um, career, I, I was not able to focus on the actual investment portion of it. But I understand the concept of uh, concept and, and the benefit um, of real estate, but it's mostly the single family space, you know? So when I got married in Hawaii, 
Um, I called up a bank and got pre-qualified for a loan. And they pre-qualified me for around $90,000 because I wanted to buy uh, um, some real estate, but I wanted to buy a house because that's what resonated with me based on what my dad taught me, right? So I got approved for $90,000, and but that couldn't buy a house in Hawaii, but it could have bought a condo. I don't know nothing about condo, but I wanted a house. So fast forward, it was not until 2000, 2005 when I purchased my first single family. Uh, well, it was, it was not a single family. It was a condo. And... Man, it blew my mind when I was talking to my realtor and she was telling me that in 2001, she had bought a few condos for like $35,000. And in 2005, she was selling them, selling them for over $300,000 in Hawaii. And that blew my freaking mind, right? So uh, we purchased the, purchased the property and we lived in, actually, we didn't live in there. We cleaned it up and I deployed right away. So while it was deployed, as you know, what a lot of service members do if they have a spouse with young children, right? That spouse usually go home and stay with their, their mom or, or, or their parents or the family so they can have that support. So Athena did that and uh, we put a renter in the house because as we know, uh, when you purchase the property with the VA loan, the, the stipulation is you either occupy or intend to occupy, right? So I deployed, and by the time I came back, Athena had sold that condo, and we had bought this single-family fixer-upper in Hawaii, right? So we bought it. We bought a condo for one sixty, and within within seven months, less than seven months, we sold it for two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. It was it was crazy. Oh. So. <laughs> It was good. So had I known what I know now, of course, all the profit would have been rolled over into a real estate syndication so I can grow that money passively. And I would have used my VA loan again and bought a property um, with no money down. But um, I used that money, all that money to buy a single family, fix the upper, um, put, put some money to that property, pay off some bills as, as well, um, change the lighting, paint the house, um, change the appliances, and just kind of upgrade it with the intention of selling it for profit in the future. That's awesome that you, so what, what time frame was this again? They said this was like 2005-ish? This is, this is around May of 2005. We sold it by November 2005. So that was before, like, I don't, I don't even think like bigger pockets or any of those like larger platforms were around during that time. I mean, I guess maybe it was just, you know, going on books. How did you know to do that and have the mindset to like know I'm going to buy this property and, and I'm gonna, on the front end, I'm going to make the money, meaning I'm going to buy the property and I'm going to make sure I can fix it up. And then I know I can sell it at a profit whenever our PCS or whenever times change. How, how did you know that? What, where was your education coming from outside of, you know, your dad and Carlton sheets? Right. So funny you ask that. So in, in the meantime, my dad was a realtor, a real estate agent as well. So I be also became a real estate agent in Hawaii, <laughs> mm, mm. you know, so, um, so that, that kind of worked itself out um, of learning that knowledge of um, how the property acquisition and the exit strategy work, um, why people buy, why some people sell, you know, so on and so forth. So you yes. had to be like, so at that time you had to be 2005, 15, 6, 16 years ago. I mean, you had to be what, an E6, E5, somewhere, somewhere around there. And you were, and you were just doing it. You're out there. Hey, I'm in Hawaii. I'm going to get, I'm married, you know, and I'm doing all these, I'm making all these big moves. What was your, like, what did your peers think of that? And, and were you able to maybe, um, I guess, help them out and do the same thing? Yeah. So man, the crazy thing is that a lot of times you have to demonstrate 
through doing. Because look, um, it's, this is something that I learned from, um, from Hunter Thompson recently. And it, I think it's always, it's always been the way I've, I've thought, right? But it, I've, I've never think about it in that way. And Hunter Thompson said, I believe he got it from somebody else, but he's the last person I remember saying it. He said that the eyes will not see and the ears will not hear what the mind is not looking for, right? So we live amongst these folks. We work amongst these folks. These people are our family or friends or coworkers, so on and so forth. And we can demonstrate a lot of good things in our life. That can be an example for them. But if it's not something that interests them, if they're not looking for, if they're not looking to create financial financial um, stability or generational wealth, it is not something that they will ever listen to or have a conversation or even re recognize that you are being um, strategic and implementing some some tactics in your life to to, to get you um, to accomplish your life strategic goals. You know what I mean? So. Um, I did have a few folks at, at one of my sergeant that went through the real estate co course with me, right? And then a couple of folks that, um, that talked to me about purchasing property, but it was through demonstration, you know, and having those conversations. Now, so even those folks, even though those folks are not looking for the things that can better their life, it's really important that the, the ones we care about, right? Even the ones, we, the ones we work with, the ones that are part of our family, that we plant that seed. Even if we know they don't understand it, they won't appreciate it, or they don't accept it, plant that seed. And eventually, when that individual grow, right, um, when eventually have that maturity, you know, you know, one of the things I said, I said to my kids, uh, whenever I asked them, have you done certain things, right? And they said, no, dad, I haven't done that yet. I said, okay, understood. I'll remind them again, have you done this? And then I would tell them, whenever that becomes important to you, I bet you will do it. Right. But unfortunately, for some of us, that is too late. Right. For some of us, we, we want to implement those things in our life after an incident or accident or a life trauma. Right. We are broke and now we need to make some money. What if you have taken that opportunity to learn about certain concepts that give you certain financial education or the tools in, 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 in your in your tool belt to ensure that you don't go broke? Right. So you never hit rock bottom and you can continue to elevate in your life. You know what I mean? So I keep planting those seeds with those individuals that I come in contact with. And eventually some of my friends were like, hmm, that makes sense. Such, How can I do that? I love that. Man. I absolutely <laughs> love that, man. Like that, this conversation is one that, that I, I have amongst other um, military investors very, very often. How do we plant this seed to the next future generation? Because you're talking about hey, you know, most people don't realize it until they're too late. And, and that's when people are starting to do their, we call it ACAP process, where they're actually getting at transitioning out of the military. When they start right. that transition out of the military is when they start to think, oh, whoa, what am I going to do? You know, what am I about to do now? Oh, I got to, I got to go work for another 30 years or another 20 years until I retire. Well, you know, you're presenting other options and, and I love that you're planting those seeds. So that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I will say that a lot of us, um, once we start the journey, we almost feel inclined to show our family, right? And our close friends outside of the military the right way. And when they don't do the right things, if we start to get frustrated, at least in the beginning of the journey, right? Where it's like, why mom or why, you know, cousin, I'm showing you the right way. Why aren't you taking action? And just like you said, Hutch, you know, if the mind is not looking for it, you're talking to deaf ears there. 
You're just you speaking, speaking, right? You know, and uh, I mean, I, I was guilty of it too. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was 17, and I didn't know. I was like, "This is a waste of this is a waste of a book." It didn't touch me at all. It was until I was, you know, 24, 25 when it really started to resonate. So lucky I, I love you, right? that, right? Yeah, so, lucky me. Lucky you. So, um, my good friend, um, Gunner Sergeant Sir Patham, he told me about Rich Dad Poor Dad um, about 15 years, but now probably about 18 years ago, a long, long time ago. Like Hutch. Read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that goes to my point that I talked about earlier that said that um, a lot of us don't do things until it becomes important to them, right? I didn't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad until around 2017, and that was a crazy paradigm shift. But at the same time, though, you know, when, when you really think about, oftentimes I hear people ask the question about, if you should, should talk to the younger you, what would you tell you younger you, or what would you change? But if you really look at the, the, the way we grow, the way we mature, um, a lot of times, you know, younger age, we don't have the mental capacity or the, 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 the understanding or the maturity to really take action on the things we learn. For, for example, every time I, I read um, Think and Grow Rich, something else stands out to me, right? Because I, I, have, I have experienced life. I have implemented some of those tools that, 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 it, that it talks about, right? So now I go looking for that, for that information, looking for more and how I can grow the knowledge that I've already attained. You know, so I didn't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad until, until 2017. And I don't believe I would have been, I would have been ready for that information. So you know what, what I mean? was the changing point for you? You said, you know, we don't get that until we're ready, right? And, and I know what the changing point for, for me is. Mike has told his changing point. What was the changing point for you that's like, now it's important to me. Now I want to read it. Now I want to implement it. And I want to take action. Yeah, so 2000, um, 2018 is when I hit my 20-year um, my mark in the Marine Corps, right? So that's close to retirement, right? A lot of us try to figure things out. <laughs> so that, that was kind of kind of for me. And at the end of the night, we had the conversation like, uh, what will be the next move? Because um, as we know, military retirement is good, um, but it will not be able to maintain our lifestyle. And I have, well, since then it has grown dramatically, but I had a bigger vision um, for my life than, than, um, than a military requirement, could, military retirement could provide for. You know what I mean? So. As you start looking at the transition, you started to look at the possibility. And when you start looking at the possibility, then it's really important for us to surround ourselves with those people that look like us, right? Those people who have experienced the military, it's those people who are getting ready to retire, those people who have a family to provide for, right, beyond the military. And what are some of those things that they're doing? Look, um, Warren Buffett says, success leaves clues. Right, and if we try, we started to attract those relationship of those people that look like us. I know I've, I've been saying that a lot recently. I'm not talking about in physical appearance. I'm talking about those that have the mental capacity and, and the drive and the vision for their family, right? Beyond a mediocre life, right? So those people who want to take their life to the next level, those are the people that I consider that looks like me, right? So I want to surround myself with those people, you know, so in 2017, 2018, we started looking at that, what the vision of my life looked like, of my family's life looked like for the future. And we had to make a change, you know, so I go, I went seeking for information and people that look like me. I love it, man. Now you talk about just the discipline action, um, you know, why wait until it, it, it becomes apparent for most people, right? Why not just do those small disciplined actions now to set you up for financial success in the future? It's just like going to the gym. If you spend 10 minutes a day now for the next 20 years working out, 
you are going to be substantially in much better health than the person who doesn't work out until <laughs> 10 years from now, right? Same thing with those small financial steps towards progress, right? Whether it's budgeting, buying that first rental or, or, or anything else. So I really commend you on that. Now, I want to talk about this strategy because, and I don't know about you, Dan, I have not heard of this strategy of doing a VA live-in flip to use the profits to put into syndication. And now I wanna talk about where did this journey, because now your space is primarily multifamily. So I want you to kind of explain where did you kind of derive that specific strategy and how you progressed from single family into multifamily now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, on your show notes, you talk about that one, one deal that's that, that um, to talk about one deal. Now, so let's talk about, we purchased that, that condo for $106,000, I think it was $161,000 to be exact. We sold it for two thirty-five, dollars less than six months later. Now, what I did not mention is that whenever I left Hawaii in 2009, it cost me $55,000 to sell that house, right? $55,000. So break uh, yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> so I think we bought, we bought a single family house for right around, I think it was 425 or 35,000. We'll put some money into it and, and, and fix it up, right? And then it, we, we couldn't sell it for more than 370,000, right? But fortunately, I was the, the seller's agent. I was able to throw my commission in there as well to offset, mm. to prevent the, 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 the buyer from walking away because the roof was dating. It was crazy. It's crazy how our life lines up, right? But, you know, fast forward to 2017 when I got down to Pensacola. Um, one of the things we decided to do was, was do some flips. And the idea was to, was to buy a flip um, and use the profit from that flip to invest in multifamily. So we went through a ton of seminar through that um, while doing that flip because we, we, we pretty much gutted the house. There was an empty room that we turned into a huge master bedroom. Right, and we, we installed a huge master bath, huge master bedroom, and shift the kitchen around, and did some amazing things with that property. The contractor left and went down to Panama City because the hurricane hit Panama City, and more jobs were there. It was crazy, you know. So it cost it took us 14 months um, to 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 fix and flip that that property, all because we wanted to move that money into multifamily properties, right? So when we when we sat down, when Athena and I sat down, we look at it, we said, okay. 14 months for one property. If we had a 20 unit, we could have renovated all 20 units already, and this property would still be cash flowing, right? You know, so we decided to transition in 2019 um, to the multifamily space. Now, as we all know, multifamily investment is a team sports. It is absolutely a team sport. So with Athena and I, we did not know what we did not, we don't know what we don't know. So when we identify that we need to get off this island that we are just our household and start networking with others. So I signed up for the Michael Blanc. It's called the Deal Maker Live out in, out in Colorado, not Colorado, out in Texas, Dallas, Texas in 2019. And our good friend, Tim Kelly, y'all know Tim Kelly, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, a good friend Tim Kelly. <laughs> Before I, I, he was, he was a major inspiration for me. Um, he was talking about multifamily, so on and so forth. And he said, he asked me, Hutch, why are you going to this conference? 
I said, well, uh, because I need to network. I'm like, okay, do you, he said, Hutch, do you have a specific reason for going to this conference? And we all know when Tim Kelly asks you a question, he's a 9.873% <laughs> out of 10, right? Or 98.873% that he knows exactly where he's going with this conversation. He know what the answer should be or somewhat be, be, be right? So like, you know what? I don't know what I don't know, brother. Um, why should I be good? What, what are some of the big take takeaways um, from, from, um, from multifamily conferences? We're like, Hutch, when you go to these conferences, it's important that you're looking for cash, you're looking for partners, you're looking for deals. And it all depends on the value that you can bring to those teams, right? You know, so I understand that, look, I would need to get a, get a partner. I've already networked with folks um, who have money. So if, if there's a deal there, or if I can develop relationship with folks that have a constant deal flow, then that's something that I know that I can add, I can add value to. Right, and all, all two of those happened. I was able to find a partner, Dr. Heath Jones. So Heath and Hutch, H squared capital, right? So um, I was able to find a partner there and also network with some high performance individual that was able to source us two deals over the, over the past um, few years. Where did you meet your partner? Where did you meet Heath? What, what event or how did that actually take place? Yeah, so Heath is an amazing individual, right? He's a research scientist for for the army. So right then and there, we have we we have mutual interests, right? So we, we both different team, but same fight, right? We all fight it. We all fight it to, fighting for the democracy of this great country, regardless of what the mainstream media says. This is still the greatest place to live on earth. That that's coming from an immigrant. Remember that, mm -hmm. right? So so Heath he's a research scientist for the army. He does auditory research to ensure that our pilots um, can hear well and they can use, use the audit, auditory, um, auditory to get awareness of where they are in the battle space for, for the pilots, right? So he does a lot of research to, to ensure that he can improve their equipment. Super intelligent guy. So Heath was one of those guys who is ease of great curiosity. He's, very, he's a very curious individual. So prior to the Michael Blanc event in 2019 um, out, in, out in Dallas, we were communicating via the Uva app where uh, everyone who signed up, signed up for the conference get access to the Uva app so we can network. And it's a really great tool. And here's why this is, this is important. A lot of us, we think of ourselves to, to, be, to be introverts and we speak to people that we know. So what Uva app did afford us to do is communicate and get to know other folks, right? To where we can eventually hop on a call prior to, to the event. So when we get to the event, we start warm conversation. So Heath was one of those guys who was asking a ton of, of value, valuable question on the Uva app. And a lot of those questions, I had the same question too, because we are both on the path of just craving knowledge, right? Knowledge arbitrage, you know, so he, um, he asked a lot of questions. I was able to answer some of his questions. He was able to answer some of my questions. And we both was able to be like, yeah, I had the same question too. And gain knowledge from the question that both of us were asking. So when we got to the conference, we already, we felt as if we know each other. We knew each other. We knew we lived close to each other. We lived two hours away in Enterprise, Alabama. I mean, down in Pensacola, Florida. And we both really appreciate the, the Huntsville market. You know, so we're like, okay, we both had the same market. We both pretty much on the same journey so we can learn and share together. And we were both super passionate about the multifamily. We love our family as well. And we have strong family values, you know, so right off the bat, we kind of identify with each other. Now, 
So at the conference, you know, having coffee, sitting on the front row together with our good friend, y'all know Anthony Pinto, Anthony Pinto right? Yep. So Anthony yep. Pinto was sitting right there with us as well. So he's a close friend of ours. And he, um, so after the conference, Heath and I became accountability partner. And here's why this is important. In the Marine Corps or in the, in the military in general, we always have somebody telling you what to do, right? For, for the most part, regardless of what chain of command you are, if you are the commandant, right? You know, you got the civilian bosses, the Secretary of Defense or the president that's directing the path of the mission, right? Or on a strategic level, of course, right? So, but when you, when you, when you narrow it down to just wanting to start a business, it's really important that you have somebody that you are accountable to. Right. A lot of times it, it's our family. Yes, we are always accountable for our family because look, the sacrifices we make going to conferences, waking up early in the morning and staying up late at night and sacrificing the, those, those um, some of those family time, not all of it, but some of those family time. It's really important that that this vision of the future grows. Right. So Heath and I, we started out as accountability partners. I would drive to his house two hours. And we would, we would ride four hours up to Huntsville to go walk properties, talking to property managers, talking to brokers, you know. But in the meantime, while, while we drive, we will be listening to, to any, any book, the Grand Cardone 10X. We would listen to, to um, um, Jim Rohn. We would listen to, to um, other motivational speaker that, that speaks to our value. You know, we'll pause. What do you think about it? Like, I'm like, oh, man, getting excited about the things that we just listened to and just kind of kind of talk about it. And we get to, we get an insight of how each other thought, right, and how we think. And that help us to be better accountability partner for each other. By and also, we were learning ourselves at the same time, too, because when you listen to Jim Rohn, you're going to learn something about who you are right? Or who you can be, you know? So we were learning about ourselves. We were learning each other. And it was, it was, it was a super fun, fun, fun time hanging out with the heat. Not to mention waking up at four in the morning, um, waking up at four in the morning, underwriting properties and creating content. It was just amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Uh, Jim Rose, my favorite speaker, by the way, like literally yeah. bar none, favorite, favorite uh, motivational speaker period. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that's absolutely phenomenal. You went to the conference you you went there with a purpose. Yeah, Tim Kelly's definitely like he can be super intense. Like he's very very direct. He knows what he wants. But um, linked up at the conference, figured out what you wanted, and you were able to build that partnership. And now you guys are just taking off now. I mean that's 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 exactly what uh, networking is all about. And that also speaks to the importance of going out to some of these conferences. Like I mean that's how I met. That's how we met. Me and Mike yeah. met literally through the yeah. Cardone conference in 2019. Nice. You know, so yeah. um, it it just speaks to speaks to you know, the level of people that are there, like everyone that goes to these conferences are typically looking for the same thing that you are. And it's very easy to link up with like-minded individuals when you got them all consolidated in one place. So definitely start going to these conferences, guys. It's just, it's amazing. Um, I love everything you said there. Yeah. And what I will say is uh, just to highlight it for everybody listening here, everybody that Hutch mentioned, Tim Kelly. Or Tim Kennedy, uh, sorry, Tim Kelly. Uh, I was thinking Tim Kennedy too. Uh, but uh, Anthony Pinto, all these individuals, this is a small niche group of active and past servicemen and women who invest in real estate. The more that you start to network and rub elbows, you'll realize how small the community really is, right? right. There's like-minded individuals. We are all climbing the ladder together. This is our peer group. Right. And it's just it's so inspiring to see somebody like Tim go out. And I remember when he first started, 
you know, with ADP. Now look at them. Dave Parade, same thing, right? <laughs> Everybody, and you're starting to see these individuals and that is what's motivating is to say, hey, there's like-minded individuals who look like me, like Hutch yep. said, right? <laughs> Came from the same similar background who have that same tenacity and fire because they found their accountability partner and now we're all climbing the ladder together. Just saying that just gets me pumped up. I got goosebumps, but I love to see it. And for you know those who are looking for an opportunity like that, go to those events, just like Dan said. Just like Hutch said, go to those events because you're going to start to find people like this and you're going to make your own tribe. I, I love it, man. That's right. That's good. So, so what did that first uh, deal look like for you guys? What did that first, all right, so you guys are waking up at four o'clock in the morning. You guys are listening to the awesome Jim Rohn. You know, you guys are getting pumped up. You're going to walk these properties. What did that, what did that first deal look like for you? What, how'd you find it? How'd you, you know, can you walk us through that process? And then also as we transition to talk about syndications, can you kind of just give us a, a you know, a 5,000 foot overview of what syndications are for those who, who might not know? Yeah, absolutely. So we can we can start talking about what syndication is, um, and then we we'll roll into um, how we found this deal. And I, I will try to capture some of those things that we had to implement to be able to be a part of the. Uh, I'll talk about the deal that Heath and I was just a part of because this is a syndication that I co-sponsored um, by myself before actually before Heath and I um, formalized our, our company as H Squared Capital, right? So, so syndication. Now look, a lot of us. We, we want to go through life and, and we want to earn our own money. We want to save our own money, invest our own money for our own benefits, right? And that, that is what a lot of us do. In, in the majority of society, people don't want to talk about money, right? It, it's my money. It's a taboo, taboo t- topic. I don't want to talk about it. But let's bring up another name, our good friend, Bill Allen. We all know who Bill Allen is, right? Yeah. I was having a conversation with Bill Allen at one of the meetup here in Pensacola. And Bill Allen, he, 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 was, he was talking to me. He said, Hutch, I love talking about money, Hutch. I'm like, huh, interesting. Tell me more. He was like, Hutch, money has to flow. And that's why it's called currency. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> game changer, right? <laughs> so when you understand that concept, you, you want to talk about money. But it's really, really important for you to speak about um, money or capital, as, as we refer, often refer to it, in a very intelligent way, right? Not just, not asking people for money, but create um, opportunity where we can make money work for us, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when we're talking to an individual, so to the, when talking to an individual about syndication, it's, re- it's really important that we raise capital. Some folks say, if you find a good deal, the money will come. That is not, not always factual, right? It's really important that we have those relationships created so we can make an offer on a property with confidence, knowing that we can raise that capital in a, in a meaningful time. Yeah. So for syndication, syndication is the bringing together of people to purchase a larger ha- asset than they would be able to, to purchase themselves. Imagine this. And a long, long time ago, this individual wanted to purchase the the Empire State Building in, in New York. This is public information, right? Anyone can research it. And I ask that anyone get in, into syndication, look up this story and use this to speak to those individuals who does not understand syndication, right? So the Empire, the Empire, the Empire State Building was, was syndicated um, tens of years ago. And it, all it is was a gentleman bringing together different families, right? And different families and friends to put down a small contribution to put into one big pile of money 
to purchase one large assets. And each person now have an ownership in that building. Each person get to share the cash flow from the building and they get to grow their financial wealth. They can do it through active investing, meaning that they are actually taking a role in managing the asset, or it can be passive investing, meaning all they bring to the deal is their, well, one that once they got to vet, they got to vet the partners up front. They got to look at the, the numbers for the deal and then they bring their money to the deal. And then they step back, step back and collect what's called checkbook money. I mean, uh, mailbox, mailbox money, right? But all we know, we know that that thing is now it's electronically deposited, right? Yeah. <laughs> so having, having those relationships so we can make it, make, um, make an offer with confidence because we already, we already raised that capital. So that's pretty much what syndication is. Um, investing in a larger asset than you can um, purchase by yourself. See, syndication is a unique process and there's a lot of guidelines, and especially for the Security and Exchange Commission that hold us to a certain standard to ensure that our investors are not taken advantage of. So there's a private placement memorandum that is a part of the deal administrative um, functions that everyone in the deal has to get a copy of and has to read and have to sign. And that talks about all the risk because even though real estate is a, a more secured asset because we have tangible assets, right? You can actually reach out and touch it. And it, it's not as cyclical as the stock markets, right? There's still risk. We know that there are big, there are macro um, things that can happen within our within our um, our economy that we cannot control. But more on a micro level, the way the property is is run, the improvements that we make, the operational efficiency that we increase, we can then increase the value of the property, and then we can increase your return on your investments. But there is still associated risk. So that private placement memorandum lets the investor know and also protect um, us and also. The, the investor of all the risks associated with the deal. So to the deal that Heath and I just closed 167 units in Augusta, Georgia, right? Augusta, Georgia, but <laughs> so Augusta is a pretty unique and a lot of folks call it the tertiary market because it's not as large as, as the, as the New York city, the San Francisco or the Dallas of this world. Right. Um, so it's a smaller market, but there's so many, so much growth there. And here's one of the things that we are fascinated about, about the market. This, the cyber community down there is growing at a significant scale. The politician in those areas, they are investing a lot in the educational infrastructure to be able to feed into those, those high paying jobs that are available in the area. So what happened is that as the population um, grows and as the job market attract more intelligent folks and people graduate from college, they have those high paying jobs so they can stay in those areas, right? Um, Additionally, we see people like, um, well, I won't mention the name, but those people that we admire in the multifamily space, people that we look to for mentoring, we see that they, they are buying properties in that area as well. When you, when you see your mentors investing in, in the same market that you are, right, it gives you confidence that you are in the right place. Just like when you go to a meetup and you see those people that you, that you, are, that you admire and respect in the same space, you know you're in the right space, right? You know, so... So we do like that, that Augusta, Georgia market. Now, how we was able to source that deal? I co-sponsored a deal with our good friend over at Four Oaks Capital, right? Brian Briscoe, Brian amazing individual, yep. right? So we met Brian in 2019 at the, at the, at the conference as, ready, as well. And as you know, what us senior enlisted, uh, when, when us military folks, especially Marines, meet each other, it's like instantaneous credibility, right? 
So his team brought, brother, um, Eric Schroeder to be exact, brought, brought a deal to us and we talk about the numbers and it was a fascinating deal in a, re, in a very rapidly growing market. You know, so we were, we already connected with our investors. So we had that pre-existing relationship and we were able to raise um, one. So in the syndication process, right? And it's one of the things that, that, that I really need to mention is that we all have friends and family that have money. But if we're gonna bring the money to a syndication, um, there's certain there's certain requirements from the Security and Exchange Commission that we have to meet to be able to bring that money to that deal. So, so a couple of things that Heath and I uh, it was important that we that we were a part of. We put up our own money for for the earnest money deposit, right? We were a part of the market analysis. We we're part of analyzing the property. Also, I was not able to due to COVID, but Heath being a civilian, he had a little bit more luxury of traveling um, in, in 2020. So he was able to go to the property and perform that physical due diligence and also the administrative due diligence, um, lease audits, financial audits, so on and so forth. And I was able to do all of those in the same time. And once all that is done, I was able to raise capital for the deal, close on it. And now we, we handle the investor relation. We have one guy doing the asset management. And the rest of us, um, we get together on a regular basis to talk about a deal, how it's, how it's going, um, what decisions need to be made. And uh, even though most of the decisions are made by the folks guy because he's the lead syndicator, rightfully so, right? You know, so it's, it's, it's an amazing deal. We've seen a major turnaround in the first 30 days and the things are looking significantly well in the last six days. You know, this is amazing. I just want to speak to the point one more time about the importance of relationships, right? And and, and how tight this, this community is. I mean, just like Mike said, if you guys mentioned, I think we've name dropped what, like at least at least 10 people and every single one, we, you know, we all know who each other are. I, I just think that's, that's phenomenal. And I never, I never really, really, really thought about that until you were just like, oh yeah, Brian Briscoe. As soon as you said H or as soon as you said four Oaks, I was like, yeah, it's Brian Briscoe. As soon as you said like a couple of things, I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly who that is. So um, I don't know. I, I just think that's, that's really important. And when we have these, these communities and there's no, there's no competition, right? Like, yeah, we have different companies. Yeah, ADPI is a different company than military cash flow. Yeah, military millionaire is a different company than military cash flow. We still all know each other and we still literally work together, which is which is I don't know. I, I think maybe that just speaks to us as a us as a military and it's not um it's all it's all a different team, but same fight, right? Like you, you kind of mentioned that. So I don't know. And I'm just now really, really thinking about that as you're saying, I just think that's phenomenal, dude. So if you're listening to this, obviously you're, I'm assuming you're in the military, make sure you, you reach out to reach out to uh, these, these influence. We've had a lot of them on the, the, um, the uh, podcast as well. So, I mean, join the groups, you know, we're all in there talking. We're all, we're all here as a support network to help each other grow wealth. Right. So um, that, that's, that's just awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. And, and right there, right on the point well, as soon as you started naming them again, I'm starting to see these individuals that are really scaling. I mean, they are really scaling. And what's crazy is to think about how recent all of this growth truly is, right? You mentioned that it wasn't until 2017 that you really, that the light bulb really kind of turned on for you. And think about most of us have ripped out, 2017 was right when my light bulb clicked on as well. And just think about the overall growth of us as a community. This is the type of military service member empowerment that we're missing in mainstream media. And I love to see individuals just take charge of their life financially, spiritually, emotionally, all that stuff. 
So I, I love it. And, and you got me pumped up over here. Oh, Hutch, <laughs> the, the Marine investor. But now, now as we're starting to kind of to, to wrap this up, I want to know what is one piece of advice that you would give to any service member who's looking to kind of get started, uh, just even if it's just in their financial journey, but in real estate overall? Yeah, see, one of the things, so as you, as, as you start to network with these guys and gals who are on a, on a super high performance level, right, you still start gaining a lot of little knowledge and little saying that, that kind of drives you on a regular basis, right? So um, one of the things that I've learned, and, and a lot of military folks can, can relate to this, as a junior, as a junior officer, as a junior enlisted, one of the things that we're required to do is make our job our profession, right? And what that entails is digging deep and grinding and staying focused and getting those qualification and you know just just learning your craft, right? So focus is super important whenever you are a junior marine, junior sailor, just just a junior enlisted or officer. And what you notice is that as you start to get more, more, um, more senior, then your influence get broader, right? And you can create more balance now. So you go from being super focused to be able to create more balance. See, what a lot of folks try to do, they try to have both. They try to have balance and focus. And a lot of times when you're out of focus, you're out of balance. When you're out of balance, you're out of focus, right? So what I would tell anyone who's on an investment journey right, right now is, look, identify what you want. And I say that to say this, a lot of us, we live our life by default. You know, a lot of folks, a lot of folks, you ask them, what are you doing? Same old, same old, how are you doing? Same old, same old, what does that mean? Does that mean that you have not made any improvements in your life or you have made improvement, but you're not tracking those improvements? Because we all, we all hear those Monday morning quarterback, right? Who can tell you, all the football stats that happen, right? But let's go ask them, what is the statistic of your life? Let's talk about that on Monday morning. What did you, how did you improve yourself last week? How did you improve yourself this, this, this week, this past weekend? Talk about the statistic of your life. And when you start doing that, then you notice that you start really creating the future instead of living your life by default. And it's amazing. You, that gave me the tingle right now, right? Athena brought me this book recently, the high performance, the high performance um, journal. And it has certain trigger words. And when you sit down to write things, it, it's amazing how your brain housing group can create a future for you that you never thought was possible but you have to be intentional about it. You know? So for anyone who's on an investment journey or a professional journey, um, look, um, just know that a lot of times when you're out of focus, you're out of balance, but it's important that, you, that you, are, you are living your life with purpose and not by default. Oh, I love that, man. I, I felt like I was in church or something, man. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> catch the investment Holy Ghost over here. You know what I mean? Oh, that was some, those are excellent words, excellent words. Um, I appreciate that. All right, so how can our listeners get in contact with you? Uh, there's a plethora of ways, my friend. Um, so as, as we know, it's, we, need to, we need to eliminate obscurity. So what we've done in the past, since um, 2020, we have created a meetup. It's a Southeast Multifamily Investor Meetup, right? That goes every Monday at 7 p.m. Central. You can find us on meetup.com. We also got a podcast, The Multifamily Real Estate Experiment Podcast. Um, we have an interview um, over six, 60 guests so far. We have published um, 57 episodes. 
Each week, we, we, we ask a specific question and we dissect that question to take our listeners on a journey to help them to get a better understanding about a specific topic. So for example, ten, how to utilize 1031 exchange, how to keep your ass out of jail when syndicating, um, little things like those. And we take them on a journey to help them better understand. So it's more of an educational platform than it is a podcast because um, each topic is specific to the knowledge that is gained from that podcast episode. Um, additionally, you can shoot me a text at 850-466-8490 or an email at hutch at hsquaredcapital.com. Make sure you reach out to um, Hutch and his team over at H-squared Capital. If you are trying to get into syndication, they are helping service members uh, do just that. So uh, make sure you reach out and, and we'll be able to, he'll be able to, to guide you in the right direction and help out. Remember, this is a very, very tight-knit community. Um, we all know each other. We're all, we're all literally genuinely trying to help each other out to build that wealth. We talked about it at the very beginning about like, hey, that transition and, and about, you know, kind of setting us on the correct trajectory to, um, to, to just success, whatever that means for you, right? And real estate can, can definitely help you uh, in doing that. So um, do, you, do you have something else, Hutch? Yeah, yeah I'd, like to, I'd like to add one thing. So um, one of the things that um, a lot of us know is that we get, we get into real estate to improve our life and, and, our, and our family's balance sheet or, or traditional wealth, whatever the case may be. But we all come to learn that the multifamily space is a very powerful space and we can get to impact the life of each other's. So what Heath and I have committed to do in 2020 is donate 10% of our, all of our acquisition fee to nonprofit organization that benefits our veteran. Additionally, we allow uh, for the deals that we sponsor, we have a smaller threshold as far as the minimum investment for military investors because all the retired folks that we've spoken to, $35,000 seems to be the, the app and median that they can afford to invest um, that, that meets their investment criteria. Their, um, investment tolerance and also their um, investment capacity, right? Or risk capacity. So um, that's, kind of, that's what we're doing over here. Um, and we, we really love working with service members. Currently 88% of our investors are, are veterans, you know, so really do love, they do what they said they're gonna do and they always come through. They're the first one to wire their capital and they, they mean business. I love it, man. And that, that right there speaks again to the, just the level of, of the persons or the people uh, that you two are um, over at H Squared. You know, money is just a tool, right, to acquire you whatever it is that you want to live in life. It, it amplifies the person that you truly are, right? So it's not the root of all evil, right? You know, it, it, it really does kind of highlight. And so the fact that you're giving back um, a quite large percent of your acquisition fee, 10%, to charitable services that is that is beautiful man so again we commend you for that as well uh, really really appreciate you coming on and dropping all of this knowledge there i've got so many notes i got like three pages worth of notes here um and we we touched on some of those those uh crazy strategies that again are new and i honestly this is why i really enjoy this type of environment being able to interview guests like yourself because i'm Every time we speak to somebody, I take something away, right? I take something away and add it to my toolbox. <laughs> so I, I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing your story uh, with the audience. Um, and, and we're looking forward to, to speaking with you a lot more and seeing where this growth goes. Yes, sir. Greatly appreciate this opportunity to share with your audience as well. Excellent. 
Hey, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so that you guys can get our videos as they come out as well. And then uh, leave a comment if you like to. We appreciate that. If you're watching this or if you're listening to this on podcast, please leave us an honest review. Uh, make sure you check out those show notes and hit up H Squared Capital uh, so that you can um, start start uh, investing yourself, right, to take, take control of your financial future. Um, other than that, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. Signing off.